Welcome, Black Equity listeners, to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. And on today's episode, I want to introduce you to a company that I think is going to truly shift the game uh, in Black culture. I'm looking at uh, joinsoco.com. Joinsoco.com. That's J O I N S O K O. Com. And uh, it's an opportunity for us to discover black uh, businesses and professionals nearby uh, to where we are currently located, a way to connect with and build and maintain relationships with like-minded professionals, and a way to support and buy from local black-owned businesses and recommend them to your network. Man, when I found out about Soko, I said... This is really what I've always wanted access to. Um, And so I want our network to know all about SoCo uh, at joinsoco.com and uh, truly sign up and be part of this community because this could be a way for us to uh, connect with other networks and uh, other people who are out there who may be interested in uh, sharing information or um, collaborating, strategic partnerships. This is a way for us to expand our network. One thing that you want to do in networking, we've built this wonderful tribe of uh, beautiful, beautiful um, spirits that are uh, working towards some of the most noble goals, uh, missions and, and visions that are truly aligned with Black Equity Network. And imagine if there is someone uh, else that we can collaborate and work with that will take our network to another level. That's what we're always looking for for each and every guest. That's what we're always looking for for um, every collaboration that we do. And now it appears that we'll be able to do that on joinsoco.com. Discover Black, connect with Black, and support Black. So on today's episode, I've invited the CEO of joinsoco.com for Soco and have a conversation about his company and some of the other initiatives uh, that he has coming up. And uh, hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll be able to get a uh, access to a program and a series that we're entitling Sweat Equity. I think it's going to be something that is going to be revolutionary for our network and hopefully will uh, be great for other next networks as well. Thank you so much. Let's get into today's episode. I am DJ Motri of Black Equity Network and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. And we are having a, a first-time guest, but I have a feeling that we're going to be talking uh, quite a few times moving forward in the future. Um, I'm definitely excited about this conversation because not only we're we going to be able to talk about business today, but then we're also going to be talking about fitness and how it all kind of blends in together and how founders and investors uh, could really use this episode to put themselves in financial um, in a financial situation that is going to be positive and also for their fitness, how they can be positive in that as well. And so we're not only talking about black equity, but we're kind of talking about sweat equity, but we'll get into all that uh, as we get into this episode. Uh, joining me for this conversation is Martel Matellas. Thank you for coming on Black Equity Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, DJ. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Thank you for asking. For those who don't know who you are, uh, just introduce yourselves and tell us about your company. Yeah. Um, so, hi, everyone. My name is Martel Matellas. I'm the founder and CEO of SoCo, a discovery network for the Black community to connect, collaborate, and find new opportunities, as well as Black-owned businesses local to them. Um, I'm also a founder of EntreFit, which is fitness for founders. Uh, So this is something that's going to help founders become fit, as well as investors, um, giving them the resources, giving them the training available to be able to take their fitness to the next level as they're taking their business to the next level. 
this sounds like a perfect avenue. Uh, when we're talking about black equity, we're talking about black equity network. I'm kind of wondering why it's you no, know, we've been, this is 330 something episodes. You and I probably should have talked on episode one. Because <laughs> yeah. If you're talking about, you know, having this community of, of founders and, and bringing them all together, that's very parallel or even uh, uh, very similar to what we're doing too. And so I'm glad we're having an opportunity to speak now. Um, how did this all come about as far as SoCo and having this vision and this mission? Yeah. Um, so speaking of SoCo, this really started back in September of last year. Um, I had an idea to, because I, I was very entrepreneurial ever since college and I always wanted to start companies and I just was never, never able to pair up with somebody who looked like me. So when I graduated from college and, and I began to get into more of the workforce as well as doing side entrepreneurial hustles, I was like, you know, if I want to hire someone who looks like me, what can I do? So I go on Fiverr, there is no opportunity to be able to hire someone who's black directly, right? So there's mm. no filter for that. So I thought, okay, let me create a Fiverr for black people. That was the basic idea to start. And from there, I just, I, I built out the website myself, um, didn't really use any help, but didn't know exactly how to build a company, how to be, create a startup. So that didn't go well, it stayed stagnant. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, let me just take a pause on this. Let me figure out life and understand how this stuff works. So I read up on it. You know, spoke with a lot of entrepreneurs that were close to me, founders who've done things before. And I realized all the mistakes that I made in the beginning, even though it could have been a great idea, um, I definitely needed the time to develop it. So fast forward over to late May, early June this year. Um, I, as you know, the George Floyd situation happened. A lot of a lot of things were shaking up the black community and people were just hungry for for new opportunities and avenues to be able to empower our own community. Um, so I kept getting a lot of people reach, reaching out to me, whether it be on Instagram or Twitter, saying, hey, you should bring up the Soko thing before, because I remember seeing it, but now like, I would love to actually see this work. So I kind of brushed it off at first, and I was like, okay, they're just hyping it up, like, I'm going to just let it go. And then people kept asking about it. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I have something here. And I've started to realize that timing is everything. Like, you could have a great idea, but if it's bad timing it probably won't go the way that you plan or go as far as you'd like for it to go. So in terms of timing, it was just a great opportunity to restart SoCo, but I decided that I wanted to shift the idea a little bit more um, and make it more like an infrastructure for the black community as a whole for socioeconomic improvement, um, as well as just figuring out, you know, how do we bring each other together so that we can build so that we don't need to worry about not having the resources within our community. So when I thought about that, that's when Soko rebirthed and I started, you know, finding different people, building a team and really using what I learned from the past failure of trying to launch it the year before um, and building on top of that to what we have now. Awesome. Okay. So you're talking about social uh, economic improvement. Yes. How, because this is going to be, I can already tell it's going to be a very deep episode. How is that being accomplished through SoCo? How are you creating that social economic improvement? So as, as we know from the word itself, socioeconomic, right? So it's social as well as economics. So right now we're on the social, the social phase, right? So we want to be able to connect Black people together of all professions. And when I say Black professionals, I always say we're connecting Black professionals. Professionals can be creatives, entrepreneurs, people in the corporate environment, as long as you're taking your craft seriously and you're, you know, you're, you're on your way to making money off of that craft, you're considered a professional to us. So we're, we're also reinventing that word in itself. Okay. Um, so from the social perspective, bringing all of those people together to be able to build and create, you know, new opportunities, whether it's, you know, having a business partner, whatever that may be, we're bringing that social aspect into play, which we haven't really seen done in the best ways besides hashtags on Twitter or little communities in silos, but there hasn't been like this main hub. The, the last time I, I remember a main hub was Black Wall Street, right? Mm -hmm. That was the last main hub that I remember and that was destroyed. So essentially what we're doing is we're almost making like a virtual Black Wall Street, if you really think about it. Um, but in terms of the economic piece, we do want to bring in, you know, the commerce piece and, and, and over time, 
making it so that we are the place where black businesses go to to be able to increase their business to be able to increase their foot traffic within the community um as well as you know over time when we get the funding provide money to these businesses so that they can actually um, scale to the point where you know they don't need an outside investor they can just stay within their community i love it uh, i love the vision um okay so you're building this platform how and a lot of people have been uh, reaching out saying we need this we need this we need this what currently is in place because uh, people are going to be listening to this and like oh i want to be a part of this what currently is in place for entrepreneurs, creatives, everybody that you mentioned that they're going to be walking into? Describe this uh, ecosystem that you're building. Yeah, um, so it's, it's a combination of many different services that we've seen, but just in a better, more, more effectively implemented way. So what I mean by that is the platform itself will be very dynamic um, compared to what you already see in the market. Um, in terms of communication, you're actually going to be able to search. So for example, if you, if I, I live in Boston right now, I'm an entrepreneur and I want to meet another entrepreneur, there is no infrastructure or platform and, you know, there might be something out there, but it's not well marketed if I don't know that. Right. Mm -hmm. So nothing that I've seen so far is allowing you to, to find somebody who is of similar field or of similar profession as you with the touch of a button. Right. So you go on there, you go on the discover page and you search let's say I want to go find another uh, black IT professional. I can go look that up in the search bar and I can find that I could connect with them. And then I can, I can private message them and talk with them and build that connection within the platform. And then on top of finding black businesses, it's the same feature. You go on the discover feature, right? And then you look for a specific type of business, whether it be restaurants, professional services, you can find that local within the click of a button. Same thing with SaaS platforms, right? So another thing that we've been looking at now is that there are a lot of black tech founders that are coming out with platforms. And I don't know if the viewers know this, but we know of Product Hunt, which, which lists a lot of the tech services, but we don't have that for black tech businesses. So this is another opportunity to be able to showcase that to the black community and say, hey, you want a black owned Zoom alternative? Well, this company is doing that. You should start using them as a SaaS platform. So that's kind of the infrastructure that we're building right now from an MVP standpoint. Obviously, it's going to grow over time, but we want to keep just the initial functionality to focus on discovery. So is it available now where uh, if people are interested, they can actually head over and be part of, of your ecosystem, a part of your tribe that you're building? Yeah, so we right now we have a, a beta launch that we're doing, um, early beta launch that will be August 31st. We're actually only going to select 10 to 20 people to test the app to make sure that everything's running and functional before we launch it officially on the App Store. Um, but for people who are waiting to use the fully functioning app, that will be available mid-September, I want to say around September 17th. Um, and we're going to announce that in our email list. So you know, make sure that you sign up to the email list to get those notifications to, to keep track of what we're doing and also have a chance to um, do beta testing with us. Uh, I know we'll probably go over that at the end of the episode where people can go, but since we're already here, where would people go to do, uh, to, to join up with the beta and also sign up in mid-September? Where would they go? Yeah, so they would go to joinsoko.com. So J-O-I-N-S-O-K-O.com. That's our main landing page right now. Um, and you would fill out the, the email form and you would be notified. And also, if you have a business as well, we're looking for businesses to sign up um, early so that they can have a, a presence before all of the users come in. So if you have a business, you can sign up as a business. You can also sign up as a user and you would be prompted to two different email um, campaign lists. Nice. All right. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, for me, you're kind of, I'll be honest with you, man, I might be letting out uh, a secret here, but you're kind of doing a lot of what I dreamed up. You're doing a lot of the legwork for me where I don't have to go and build what you're building. Right. That's, and, that's the point. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to you. Thank you. Because when I, when I, uh, you're welcome. When I first, uh, 
launched Black Equity Network, I had this idea of how do we bring them all together? Where's the, where's the ecosystem? We're going to do this. And so I thought I was going to have to be the person who built uh, a company similar to yours. But what I'm finding is that may not necessarily be my strength. You know, that's your strength. Your strength is building what you're building and building this ecosystem. My strength is making sure people know about it. And my strength a- is bringing the investors in and, and making sure that the investors know, hey, this is where you need to be paying attention to. That's now that I, I've mentioned investors, have the investors been reaching out? What has been the conversations been like uh, on your end? Yeah, um, there have been a few investors that have been reaching out. Um, right now, I'm holding off on it. Like I said, I've, I've learned over this past year of just understanding startups and how they work. Mm-hmm. You never want to, well, you can present your idea to an investor, but it makes more sense when you have a product and you have users already using that product, because not only will your valuation be a lot higher because you have the metrics to prove it, um, but that conversation will run a lot more smoothly and you'll be taken more seriously because you have something to offer. So with that knowledge in place, I do want to come into those rooms saying, okay, this is the product that I have. This is the demand that I have. And this is how much money we need to scale this. Right. So I haven't necessarily had full on conversations with investors, but they are aware that this is something available. And there are a lot of other intricacies within that that I have to consider in terms of who am I really, you know, selling ownership to. That's another mm-hmm. aspect that we can get into. Well, yeah, let's because this conversation can go so many different ways. But the way the path that I want to go down for at least a, a minute or two and wherever it goes from here, we'll let it go. Um, What is it like to be building something that you know is going to be very valuable? And how do you protect that value without losing, I guess the best way to say it is losing black equity, right? How do you, how do you navigate these startup streets uh, without being taken advantage of? I think a lot of it comes down to just knowledge, just understanding what goes on because startups, it's a very different world than small businesses, right? You're now dealing with institutional money. You're dealing with big leagues of people. So it's, it's not something that you can take lightly and me understanding the power of this platform and what I can, what we, not just I, because I have a team of five, what we can do with this platform I do have to be very precautious to who I'm selling ownership to, what they're bringing to the table. Um, also, because this this is almost like a social entrepreneurship venture, right? It's it's not it's not just for profit, but it's actually improving a community. So, with that being said, I also have to have certain ethos that I abide by, which means keeping this majority black owned. So now that's another element that a lot of startups don't have to worry about, right? Because as a user, if you go on here. And you see, for example, um, you know, you see the ownership, you see the board, you see everything, and it's it's majority white. It's not really, you know, the black founder is not there. You're saying, okay, this isn't really a black-owned app. Is this really for me? Are they taking advantage of me? So there are these different emotions that I'm aware of from a user perspective that I want to make sure that everyone feels like this is a black-owned app and you have nothing to worry about. Your own is taking care of you. So that's the approach that I want to take. Um, again, that's a difficult approach, but I, I love it because it makes me think differently from the people. So for example, I used to look up to, you know, and, and this might not even be a good thing, Jeff Bezos, right? Mark Zuckerberg. Cause I was like, Oh, these guys created amazing technology. But at the same time, I do realize the exploitations, a lot of the things that occur that I don't even want to be close to that type of, you know, those names. So I, I definitely want to differentiate myself as a founder, the company, um, in a direction that it benefits the people more than it benefits us because that's who it's for. Now I'm going to ask you a question and I don't, I want to make sure you understand this is coming from a good place. Yes. Right? How do you know this stuff? Cause a lot of, <laughs> a lot of startups or uh, founders in the startup space, they don't necessarily know the things that you know, as far as how to see themselves how to protect themselves, what to look out for. You seem very well versed and, you know, full disclosure, you and I have talked before this conversation. 
Uh, so I, I kind of know where we're headed here, but I want people to understand how are you so well versed in understanding your place in the marketplace and why are most startup founders maybe not necessarily that well versed? What is it about your background that allows you to have that advantage? Well, first, thank you so much for the compliments. I really appreciate it. Um, but to, to really go deeper, like I went to Babson College, which was an entrepreneurship school, right? And they taught a lot of the fundamentals of entrepreneurship, but I, I was, I'm a very curious person at heart. So I always want to learn more from, from just surface level. So yeah, I did learn the surface level of business in school, but I would read a lot of like tech blogs and I would look at these tech founders. They weren't black, they were white but they understood the principle behind it. And so I wanted to learn from them. And the best way I believe to learn about startups and understand that ecosystem is to read blogs, not necessarily books, but blogs, because the blogs tell you all the mistakes that the founders made, which for me, myself, I'm creating a blog as well, just to document the process for other black tech founders who come in and who want to learn from the mistakes that I might potentially make in the future or things that I learned. So I took that approach to really meticulously reading every day, how these startups were built, what different roadblocks they, they went through. Um, and I was just very curious and I wanted to make sure that I understood this fully before I got into it because this isn't something that's easy. I know that. It's something that, you know, it's going to take many years to not even perfect, but just to be even decent at. Um, and startups are all about failure, right? So you have to understand what failure is and you have to understand that you technically didn't fail, but you learned a lesson to push you forward, which... Again, I've just seen that pattern in so many different startup um, founder stories that I just started to understand it a lot better, as well as just having mentors around me that have done it before and just being able to listen and be a student at all times. That's helped me a lot. Before we move on to uh, other ventures you may have, some, some other opportunities that we'll get into later in this episode, I want to stay on startups for a second. What is it? What is the current landscape in the startup world? Are other startup founders communicating with each other? I know you mentioned earlier about silos. Are you finding that, you know, people are off to themselves? And I really mean black founders more of what I'm focused on. But uh, if you want to speak on just founders in general, that's fine. But what are you noticing as far as being in the space, trying to communicate with other startup founders? Well, it's very interesting you bring this up because this is something that I've been looking at for a long time. Let's look at the, the ecosystem from a general founder perspective, right? In the startup okay. world. Okay. They're all collaborative. I lived in Silicon Valley for a little while. You know, I was able to experience it. I consulted for a billion dollar tech company. I saw how they moved and they're very, they're, they're not protective of ideas. They'll go into like coffee shops and just talk about ideas in the open. Right. And in my head, when I was coming in there, I'm like, why are you talking about your ideas? You're supposed to keep a secret. What if it gets stolen? Right. But that's just me thinking that from a perspective of I didn't understand the industry. Right. And I didn't understand what startups actually were. They were just experiments where you run different ideas and see what works. And it takes work. Right. So going off of that, I just noticed there was this huge collaborative culture in Silicon Valley, as well as just the overall the startup ecosystem. But when we dive deeper into demographics, when we look at black people, first of all, there isn't enough black people within the tech startup ecosystem at all, right? And I'm on a mission that I want to change that. I want to be someone who really makes a splash. And I think there's a few there as well, um, but there's just not enough. So the few that are there, they're integrated within this culture, but we as black founders haven't found ourselves. We haven't really we don't really know if each of us actually exists. Like we're really just in our own lanes. We're communicating with other tech founders who aren't black because there's so many of them um, and they're open. They're willing to share. I mean, I've gotten so much insight from my peers who aren't black who've created successful companies. But when it comes to black tech founders in general, we just aren't, we don't know that we exist <laughs> to, mm. be, to be honest with you. I recently did an episode called, uh, well, it wasn't just me, but it was also with uh, Ken Griffin, I believe is his name. Uh, it's called Dear Black uh, Found uh, Dear Black VCs and Investors. And I asked a similar question to him. I said, what is it about these black VCs that uh, they're, they're not necessarily sharing information? They're not necessarily... Um, working with each other are all kind of 
off to themselves. But you and I, I was talking to him at the time. I said, you and I were sharing information with each other. I had let him know about uh, some upcoming things that were going on. I said, you should contact this person. You should do this. I never thought once, well, let me keep this to myself. I never thought that's not the way I think. His answer to me, we can either, you know, accept this as truth or, or decline it as truth. His answer to me is that's the difference between a millionaire mindset and a billionaire mindset. Mm. A, a millionaire mindset is, well, you know, I'm going to have this idea and I'm going to keep it to myself and I'm just going to do this by myself and forget y'all. A billionaire mindset is let me share this way, every single person I can, let's, let's flesh this thing out. Let's get it to where it needs to be. And iron's going to sharpen iron and we're going to get better and better and better. So I'm coming, I'm coming to you as on the startup side from mm -hmm. the VCs that I've talked to yeah. and asking you, do you think that is uh, a correct analogy from your point of view? Yeah, I think that, I think that it is to a certain extent. Okay. Right. I do believe in the concept that, you know, the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire is the abundance mindset. Right. But at the same time, when it comes to VCs and I'm not I'm not fully versed in the VC world, that's something I am actually researching myself right now. But based on conversations with VCs that already exist that I know of, a VC is like a dark art. Right. Venture capital. Like it's something that it's kind of underground, like even even founders don't understand how VCs play the game, right? There are different terms that are used in terms of um, creating advantages, creating disadvantages for founders so that they get the most equity out of the deal, right? There are, there are terms that I, I finally understand because I, I read a book called Venture Deals. You know, there are, different, there are different resources out there to learn, but it would be to, the, to a lot of VCs benefit if the founder didn't really know that type of information because they get more, they get more out of it. Right. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where some of that comes from. Um, but when it comes to black VCs, a lot of it is just they're in their own world. Like they know what they know and they're just doing their job. They're doing what they need to do. Not saying that that's the right way to do it, but they just don't know. They don't they don't see any other black founders to really take under their wing and learn and understand. And I've seen a few, you know, Harlem Harlem Capital is a really good one where they'll really take black founders under their, under their wing and teach them certain things, you know, different, different um, members of that venture capital group will put out, you know, information for people to know, but there's just not enough of that is what I mean. I'll say this, and I'll put this as a disclaimer for you, just so you know what I've been dealing with as, as kind of an intermediary between uh, all worlds. I've reached out to 50 to 75 black VCs mm -hmm. and only have had two to three sit down and have a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. I've also reached out to at least a hundred black founders. Mm -hmm. um, and probably have had opportunity to talk to about 50 Okay. So we're looking at 50% of the founders are willing to sit down and just have a conversation on Black Equity Podcast. And we're looking at less than 5% of VCs are willing to sit down and have a conversation on Black Equity Podcast. Hmm. And so here's what I, just to give my perspective, I think, and I'm, a, I'm just going to put this out here, man, I got to. Let's do it. I think the, the Black VC space needs an overhaul. I think the black VC space, I'm calling bullshit <laughs> because if you're not willing to sit down on a platform that's talking about creating equitable solutions for the black community and you are toting yourself as a black VC mm -hmm. that is going to invest in black, uh, black companies, at least you say you are, I think you're just really looking for companies to invest in. Right. And more than likely, the majority of them are not going to be black owned, mm -hmm. to be on. If we're just going to finally get this thing, we got to pull this thing back. Let's do it. These black VCs are investing in, in companies and a majority of them are not black. And so they can't sit down and have a conversation on black equity podcast to talk about equitable solutions because they're not trying to create equitable solutions. They're trying to create profits. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's There's nothing wrong with that though. Go yeah. ahead. 
that's that's the end game, I think. And sorry to cut you off, but I definitely believe that you're entirely right. I think that they aren't trying to do a lot of the stuff that they say they're doing. And that's not just them. That's all VCs in general, right? Mm-hmm. It's this whole, oh, we're trying to go find black founders to invest in them. Well, now you want to do that because it's a quota thing because, you know, you got called out because your portfolio just wasn't looking too diverse, right? Yes. So that's the issue. But also there's, there, it gets so much deeper. Like in the VC world, a lot of these black VCs feel like they have, and they do have a chip on their shoulders, right? Because there's not that many of them. So what they look at is they look at their white counterparts. They look at how they move. And to be honest with you, the, the ratio that you have is very similar to a founder. If I reach out to 100 VCs, I might get a response from probably three, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And it's this elitist mindset that like, I don't really have time for this person. I don't really have time to do this. I don't really have time to do that. But as a black VC, even as a black founder, you can't think like that because we're just not at that point we don't have enough resources to be able to do something like that. Like if I was a black VC right now, I would want to talk to as many black founders as possible because there just isn't enough. Like, I don't want to go about the route of, Oh, I'm not available for you. Oh no, this is, you should be available. There's not that many of us. It's not like there's hundreds and thousands of black, you know, podcasts, black founders that are reaching out to you no there's there's a few and they want to talk to you because you're at a point where you can provide a lot of value you're at your you're within an ecosystem that you can bring back down to be of value to other people who are just like you, who look like you so you, you're right to to a large extent and even if it isn't necessarily you investing when i say you i'm talking to the vcs again even if it's not necessarily you investing in the company you could offer tips you could offer suggestions you can open up your network to improve what that person's currently doing so then they can be in position uh in the future to be to be able to attract that capital uh for the next time you know maybe they're not where they need to be and that's fine not everybody's going to be where they need to be but if you know exactly what a company would need if you did these four things in order to attract the capital, why would you keep that information hidden? And yeah. so, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had to go on that little bit of a, a, a rant. But not only do you have Soko, mm-hmm. but you also have another company. Tell me about your other company yeah. that, you, uh, that you oversee. Yeah, um, so it's, it's called Entrefit. Um, and for people who are listening, the website is e-n-t-r-e dot f-i-t so entre dot fit right and this is actually something i've been doing for a a pretty long time like i would say two years now Mm -hmm. um but it it actually started off as a live um gym that i would train corporate executives investors entrepreneurs engineers the whole process of it and this is while i was in college the whole process was let me build my network by training the people that i want within my network right while Mm -hmm. also making money so yeah. it worked out like that and it, it did pretty well. It followed my whole, cause I, I've been in the fitness industry before the tech industry for five years. Right. And I've nice. built a lot of equity within that industry. A lot of people know me. I have a lot of connections within there because I just, that's what I, that's what I was known for. That's what I did. That's how I built my, built my brand online. Right. So when I shifted over to tech and to like startups and being a founder, I was like, Hey, Soko is going to do well, but I don't want that to be something where I'm chasing money or that's going to be my main you know, generator for money because that's just not how that business model is set up right now. Mm-hmm. It's not set up to where I'm going to be making a lot of money early. It's something that over time, the value is going to keep growing, the value is going to keep growing. And I'm in it for equity as well as impact, right? That's, that's right. the main mission for that. So I was like, you know what? I'm really big into fitness. That's something that's missing within the, the entrepreneurship community. Let me create a, a, a business that revolves around that because there's a need, right? So that's where I created Entrefit, which is fitness for founders. And it's funny because initially it was going to be private one-on-one online coaching. But, you know, as, as I continue to speak, we even spoke, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, let's just do virtual group fitness because one, that's more scalable for myself. Two, that's better for other people because it costs a lot less for someone to take a class like that. And you get almost the same type of value because you're working with me basically um, face-to-face, mm-hmm. right? I get to see how you're doing the exercises. 
and you know you're doing it at a lower rate so at that point i thought okay i can do this because it's not going to take too much time out of my out of my day as well as i can i can con- continue to do soko and provide value both ways right yeah. and provide value to the the mostly the black entrepreneurship community in both directions and i i want to get into um a special offer you and i have come together and we're going to be offering something really great for our listeners. But before I do that, there's something sitting right there for us to, to touch on. So you created this uh, opportunity for uh, founders, investors, entrepreneurs, engineers, this, this, this community to not only, you know, do what they've been doing on a day-to-day basis, but now to have the fitness aspect, mm-hmm. uh, the health aspect, because health is truly wealth. Mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the correct health is truly wealth. And so, and you, like you said, you're building equity within that community. What type of advantage does that give you when you have these relationships uh, that aren't necessarily based off of, hey, I need capital or, you know, did you hear about, you know, what, what I got going on? You're actually providing value to these executives, you're providing value to these founders, uh, providing value to these investors to help them be the highest version of themselves. Right. How does that kind of change the dynamics of someone like you in the uh, startup space? It, you know, and I'm glad you asked that question because even I was a college student doing this and it got me into so many doors because the thing with fitness is you get to see people in their most vulnerable states right? And they're communicating you their weaknesses that they're not comfortable sharing outside. So you become not a subordinate to them, but someone of equal value because you're providing them something that's extreme. Everyone cares about their health, no matter who you are, right? Right. That's going to come up in your head. So like you were saying, that provided so much value that these investors, these corporate executives, I'm in their networks now. They contact me regularly now. They're like, hey, Martel, like, how you doing? I heard about Soko. Congrats. And, you know, on LinkedIn, I'll post something and they'll respond. And some of my colleagues will be like, how did you know that person? How did you? Because I trained them, right? Mm -hmm. So because of that, that just completely changes the game. I'm not really approaching this as, oh, I need money. Like you said, I need advice. It's more like, no, let me help you. But in exchange, can you help me, right? Mm -hmm. And so that changes the dynamic. And I haven't seen that in the startup space or in the, in the, founder entrepreneurship space because honestly most trainers they're they've never built a startup before right Mm -hmm. they've never really built a different business besides a training business so the value proposition with this is like you're getting trained by a founder like the exercises i'm giving you i have to do them i I, i've created this in a way that it's not going to be time consuming it's going to follow your schedule because i have your schedule right? right i'm doing what you're doing i understand you're constantly going into meetings, you're constantly doing this, but you need at least an hour or 45 minutes to get your health in order, right? So I've created that type of system. And so that's the biggest advantage that, that a lot of those previous clients that I had got from that. Um, and that's the same value that I believe I can provide to anybody else who joins the system. I love it. So let's about this access to sweat equity uh, that's what everybody's showing up to this episode for that's what the marketing was all about everybody click play because they heard about the access to sweat equity so what exactly are we walking into here when we're talking about sweat equity what do you have in store for these entrepreneurs these investors uh, and people maybe who are aspiring to be those things what have you put together for them so essentially, this is a, a virtual group fitness environment, right? So you're going to be able to see me. You're going to be able to, to do the workouts that I'm providing for you with my motivation, my, my voice live, right? And you're also going to be doing this alongside your colleagues, alongside other people who are in the same vertical as you, um, which gives you even more motivation, even more accountability. And it just provides for a more cohesive unit, especially within 
you know, Black Equity Network or anybody else who's listening who wants to join some sort of ecosystem like this. Mm-hmm. It's just an extra motivation for yourself, guidance from somebody who's been in this industry for a very long time, who knows how to get people looking their best, right? And, and you're getting all of that at a very reduced rate, right? And, and we're talking like astronomically low <laughs> rates. Right, right. Um, so... So with that, that's just providing a lot of value to not only your community, but other people who are looking in the future who are saying, hey, I want to I do something like this, right? This is something I need to get my health in order. And so that's kind of what you're walking into when you, when you go into the Sweat Equity Series. I'm looking forward to this, man. For, for me, this is going to be something that we can uh, partner with, you know, together. Of course, you know, we're having this episode, we're going to be putting uh, the marketing together through Instagram, but also what we serve as is the networking side. So if you find someone that's part of this group and you want to network with them and you want to make that introduction and you don't know how to do that, that's what we're masterful at. I'm not, you know, I'm not the person that knows all the, the weightlifting and all that. I'll be learning that from you. Uh, but I am really great at connecting, um, people and strategic partnerships. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm excited about is seeing who's going to show up and be ready to be at their highest and best version of themselves, be vulnerable and really put in the work to improve themselves. And then from that sweat equity that we keep talking about, uh, who do you get to meet? Who's going to be right next to you in this virtual, uh, virtual group that you may go on to have long lasting friendships and connections with? And so you have to look at this as not just an investment in yourself, which that is the important part, but it's also an an investment in growing your network. And so tell me a little bit about that part, because you kind of touched on it before, but how important is it not only to invest in your health, but then investing in your network? Yeah. um, So, you know, the, you know, the saying, your network is your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. So with this, you're not only going to be able to be improving your health, like you said, but you're going to be improving the types of relationships that you're going to build. These aren't going to be surface level relationships because you're sweating alongside these people. You're seeing these people on zoom, right. And you're hearing their names because I will be calling out names like, Hey, good job. This person, this person, this person, you know, you're doing squats this way, change up this way. Like you're going to start hearing these people and you might want to start learn, start learning what these people do. You might be curious about a name that you saw and say, Hey, let me look this person up. Let me go talk Mm -hmm. to them. Or maybe even in the Zoom chat at the very end, you see somebody who said something and you want to reach out to them, right? So this is more of a community effort. Um, and it, it works for me as well as, as, as the trainer. I'm able to see everyone, understand where people are coming from, um, and, and see people progress over time and really just be able to see results and fruition. So um, this works for everybody along uh, across the board. So let us know how are we to access the uh, sweat equity series that you have coming up? Yeah. So I will actually be providing a special link that you can click on, on the bottom of the podcast in the, in the video note or the podcast notes. Um, And from there, you'll be able to check it out. And usually how this works is we'll go for the entire month, two workouts a week. Um, And so you'll, you'll get a total of about eight workouts. um, And from there you can continue with the process or you can end it there. Um, but this is a special that I'm doing just for, um, the black equity network in terms of the discount. So be sure to check that out. Um, it's under $10 a class, um, for this group. So again, super affordable, something that, you know, you, you take maybe a night out drinking or a night out of, of dinner, just one time you're already paying for it. Right. So, um, it is something that I believe will be beneficial to everybody. Even if you just do it for the month, you will see results. Um, I'm just somebody that I attract results for people because I, I know what they need, right? Even at a mass scale. So, you know, all I'm asking for everyone to do is be ready um, and be ready to improve yourself, be ready to be vulnerable um, and, and continue to grow in every which way possible. So let me repeat that back just in case uh, people are having questions. So the entire month of September, 2020, because, you know, this podcast episode will live forever. Uh, so I don't want people to pick it up three years from now and <laughs> think they're about to get something. Uh, but September 2020, um, eight weeks, uh, two times a week. And you're saying that classes will be uh, $10 per class. 
uh, once you total it all up. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's a lot of value. And uh, we are very thankful uh, for you providing this value. And you are actually going to be leading each class during that time. Yes. Me personally, Martel Mateos will be your trainer for four weeks of hard work. Oh, four weeks. I said eight. I I apologize. Four. Eight eight sessions. So four weeks, two sessions per week. Um, Yeah. So we're doing that right now as an introductory offer. Again, this is something that will continue to happen. This is my business. So if this is something that you want to continue doing, um, there will be a link on the entre.fit website that you can continue something like this. And there will be a bigger audience, of course, um, of people. But right now I am focusing just on Black Equity Network. I love this. This is going to be awesome. I'll be sitting right there. Well, not sitting. I'll, I'll be uh, put, <laughs> I'll be putting the, the work in, the sweat equity in. I'm excited about this because I need to make sure that my health is right. And I also want to make sure my community uh, has the connections that they need and also making sure their health is right as well. And I, I, I like the fact that you've been doing this for over five years. You have uh, the expertise in this particular area. And uh, so thank you so much for, first of all, building uh, your company, both of these companies that we mentioned today, building both of these companies, having the expertise. And I love that it's uh, exclusively for entrepreneurs and investors. So they know, hey, this is for you. We're giving back to you because you've been putting in that equity. You've been putting in that work. This is a time for you to reinvest back into yourself. Agreed. That's perfectly, perfectly phrased. Thank you for saying that. So before we go, uh, we talked about this earlier in the episode. Um, what are your final thoughts to incoming startups who are hearing this episode and maybe they want to be part of uh, the Sweat Equity series, but also maybe they want to get into the startup space and they, they are wondering what is the, the best uh, uh, pathway, best avenue. And I know you're an advocate in this area. What are your thoughts to those entering into the space? I think the mindset you should have entering into this space is that you're always going to be a student no matter what level you are, right? So never think that you don't know enough because nobody knows enough in this space. It's so, it's so, it's a vast space with so many different unpredictable events that could happen um, that you're always going to be learning something new every day. Right. And you have to come in it with the mindset of I'm going to improve every day and and I'm going to fail forward, not backwards. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- that's the mindset piece. And also just understand that there are a lot of resources in this space um, that you can you can tap into. There are a lot of blogs that you can read as founders to understand how to manage a team, how to grow, how to grow a company. And you also should understand the venture capital side as well, because when you start getting into those types of transactions, um, it's important to understand what the terms are and, and how to position yourself in front of an investor to bring as much value as possible to, to really show what the value proposition for your company is. And the other biggest thing is if you're putting out a product, remember product market fit is always king, right? Because it's all about timing. It's all about placement. So make sure that whatever product you're releasing, whatever service you're releasing, it actually brings value to that target market that you're bringing because that's where a lot of startups fail based on what I've read. So, and always, again, like I said, be well-read and, and understand that you will need people to guide you along the way. Uh, Martel, thank you so much for coming on Black Equity Podcast. Just one more time, how can people support SoCo and also Entrefit? Where can they go to learn more about uh, both ventures that you oversee? Yeah, thank you so much, DJ. So for people who are looking to sign up for Join Soco, go on joinsoco.com, um, sign up to our email list. Uh, you know, you'll be on the beta list so that you'll be able to actually use the app when it first comes out. You might even be chosen to be a beta user, a beta tester. Um, and for entre.fit, um, you can go on that website to be able to sign up for whether it be personal um, coaching one-on-one by me, um, or you can get into the virtual group fitness after um the run with uh with black equity network that i have i love it man i love i love the work that you're doing i'm glad that we had an opportunity to connect we met through twitter right yes twitter 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 Twitter, i don't know about the king but i don't know about that part but twitter is awesome uh i'm glad that we had opportunity to meet uh through social networks and bringing it to life 
And uh, there's so much more work that we can do from here. So thank you so much for coming on Black Equity Podcast. Like I said, this will be first of many. Thank you. Thank you so much, CJ. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to join us on the access to sweat equity, you want to be part of that series during September of 2020. If you want to be part of it, we're putting the link in the show notes. And along with that, there will also be another link for you to register your company with our network. It's going to be very important to have your information in our portal. So when people reach out and they want to collaborate, we know exactly where to send them to. So two things that you need to do if you want to be part of this uh, opportunity to be part of the Sweat Equity Series uh, with Entree Fit. Okay, the first thing you need to do is click the link in the show notes that allows you access uh, to... Uh, our portal so you can register your company and then head over to the second link that you'll see in the show notes so you can actually register for your uh, reduced rate, your special rate uh, for Entree Fit. Uh, we're going to get some entrepreneurs and investors in shape during uh, September and we're going to really focus on health uh, with some of the episodes that we have coming out. And so we want you to be part of that movement. So once again, thank you so much for uh, listening to Black Equity and being part of this journey. And now let's get this access to sweat equity. I'll see you next time here on Black Equity.